Um, and we have an incredibly dynamic panel today, so super excited um, to introduce them. But before we do jump in, I wanted to share uh, some upcoming events that uh, all of you will likely be interested in. Um, on the 19th, uh, as part of our Young Leaders Committee, uh, we have a virtual lunch with uh, DJ Ram Churitar, uh from Spotify uh, on the 20th. Uh, the Sustainability Committee is hosting an event on the state of sustainability uh, in CRE for 2021. On the 21st, um, the Women's Leadership uh, Committee is uh, hosting an event on planning for a positive journey. Uh, also on the 21st, uh, the Young Leaders are hosting a uh, speed networking happy hour with Cornette Chicago. And then on February 11th, uh, we have the Young Leaders Committee um, doing a tour of One Vanderbilt, which should be uh, a really good opportunity for anybody uh, that's in New York. Um, moving on to our panel, um, I'd like to introduce our panelists today, uh, Brigitte Beltran of Space Matrix, um, who is also a co-chair of the Proc Tech Committee. She is stepping in for uh, Kalandra Krukshank, uh, who is having some te technical difficulties, which we felt was quite fitting uh, today for uh, the tech committee that's hosting an event on workplace uh, technology strategies. Um, but with that, we have uh, an awesome, really awesome panel um, uh, that uh, Brigitte will introduce and lead. I'll turn it over to you. Great, thank you very much, Andrew. Um, so welcome everybody, and our apologies for the uh, unfortunate, unfortunate change. I was hoping Canada could present today, but here I am. So um, the pandemic has disrupted nearly every aspect of our lives, including tasks as fundamental as going to work. While many office workers are still working from home, others in the world are now beginning to return to their office in person. However, in the US, two out of three workers still feel uncomfortable returning to the workplace. That brings the question about what technology strategies are being presently developed to bring employees back to the office. Outbreak prevention, worker, worker safety, and peace of mind will be top concerns as employers begin to reopen their office doors. But let's now discuss our panel of experts, with our panel of experts about the strategies and the technologies they have developed to ensure the flow of business and help employees figure out if they should stay at home or go to the office. Before I start asking questions to our panelists, I'd like to let you know that we're going to run three polls throughout this program and look forward to your responses. So now back to our panelists who are going to introduce themselves. And I will start with the first question around, please tell us about you and how you have responded to the pandemic in terms of implementing technology strategies or developing technologies to support productivity and maintain culture. Who would like to take it on? Sure, I'll start because I'm Albert and I always got the top of the list. So hi everyone, uh, Ellen Albert from Viacom CBS. I oversee global real estate and facilities with my amazing team who've been working through uh, uh, the COVID pandemic uh, since we all went home on March the 12th, although many of our team are still back in the office and um, are 
you know, we, we stagger at times, but one of the first things we, as many of us did, was we actually, in the buildings we own or the buildings we occupy with landlords, we were all kind of coming together very quickly to try to understand what would make our buildings um, safe because health and safety was really the first um, concern that we had then and we continue to have now. I mean, I think one of the things that um, we've realized through this time, which we didn't necessarily know early on, but we're for sure is how adaptive we have to be, how our plans have to be fluid because of the changing um, environment on the pandemic. So we watch it and we monitor it uh, very carefully. Um, so for instance, in our buildings, um, as I mentioned, either with our landlords or on our own, if it was a large enough location, we introduced thermal scanners for temperature um, taking for only, by the way, we only have all our buildings have remained open, but we only have essential employees who come back to the offices. And we also have a health questionnaire, which it's actually, uh, we started with virtual nurse. Um, it, it's pretty expensive and I think it's like $10 per person per use per day. So we have an internal app that we call the PASS app, which is a health questionnaire of you know, 10 questions that you have to answer no to. If you answer yes to any of them, um, you get directed to HR and security. They check to make sure you didn't answer them incorrectly. And, um, but if you did answer yes, you are not allowed into our locations. So that is really around um, health and safety. Um, we've done um, a lot of things around collaboration tools for people who are obviously working remote, but we can um, talk maybe more about that. Um, maybe uh, Catherine, maybe you wanna talk a little bit about your experience for just uh, addressing yep. it at first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hi everyone, I'm Catherine Ha. I am in our uh, occupier services group within PwC. And we support clients with uh, selecting and implementing technology um, in every phase of their real estate lifecycle solution. Um, I'd say in terms of technology that, you know, we've been focusing on um, lately, it's really been around our Be Well, Work Well initiatives. Um, at, at PwC and at many of our clients, we feel that if you have healthy, happy employees, that they will be the most productive employees. Um, so we've been really focusing on technology that supports that. So making sure that people have access to um, help that they need, whether that be uh, childcare help or, um, or mental health support. Um, also making sure that people feel as though they're part of, um, of a community. I think um, one of the things that we realized early on was that uh, because we were all working remotely, people started to feel isolated and um, it didn't have to be that way. We were able to create a uh, community through, through technology. So we, we can talk a little bit about that. Um, later on. Um, and then I'd say the, the final piece is um, making sure that people feel rewarded and recognized for the work that they're doing, even though they're not able to be sitting right next to you. So um, we focused a lot on ensuring that we had technology to help um, in that area as well. And um, I'll, I'll pass it over to Tanaz as well to introduce herself. Hi everyone, I'm Tanaz Mohammadi and I lead strategic partnerships globally for Zoe which is Tishman Spire's workplace amenity platform. Um, Zoe is an innovative and integral part of Tishman Spire's operating platform and our hospitality initiatives, um, where we work with third-party vendors to provide tenants and their employees exclusive access to curated services, community events, elevated spaces, and now virtual programming. 
Um, Zoe is enabled by a bespoke and proprietary app and website. And with the goal of Zoe is, you know, we're trying to create a happier, a healthier workplace that's really focused on employee satisfaction and retention for the companies that we work with. Um, since the pandemic, we were already in a great position with the, the Zoe digital platform to capitalize on supporting our companies and their employees with productivity, culture, safety, and engagement. Um, we had the technology in place. We had the reach that allowed us to be agile and pivot quickly. Um, since the pandemic, we did launch several new technology initiatives to augment what we already had in place. So this includes our Zoe virtual program. Um, we launched this to support our tenants at home and help with employee engagement. Um, this includes live and daily fitness classes and educational workshops, as well as resources for parents and kids at home. Um, we created an on-demand content library with recordings of all of these programs. Um, and we also created services, you know, not just for the office space, but also for at home. So tutoring services, meal delivery services, virtual mental health services, and ergonomic solutions. Um, most notably, which we can dive into later, uh, we launched Zoe for Business, which is a suite of corporate services that we developed to assist, you know, our customers with the transition back to the workplace, while also catering to the remote workforce. So um, we're really, you know, positioning ourselves and always have as a workspace partner, um, supporting our companies wherever they may be, whether at office or at home. Wonderful. Thank you, Tanaz. Very appreciated. So I guess we're going to launch our first poll now. And that first question is around the, um, with the vaccine in hand, do you think that you will go back to work and business as usual? Yes or no? So we'd love to hear from you all and see what you have to say about this. So we'll give it a, a second to just see um, what, what the answer is from everybody. Good, so in the meantime, and as we're waiting for the answers from everyone, uh, maybe I can start launching the uh, second question which is around um, the technologies functionalities. So around like all those technologies that we talked about, what technology functionalities do you see getting the most traction these days? We're still, still in a state of flux, right? So there is still the fact that there is maybe 10% max of people that are presently um, in the, um, back in the office. So as such, we'd love to understand in that, that, that transition time what functionalities do you see getting the most traction? Yeah, I can um, I can start out with that one. Um, I, I'd say probably two things that we're seeing um, our, our clients focus uh, a lot on. Um, the first one is really around this cycle of communication. So Brigitte, as you mentioned, we're still in this state of flux. And um, as such, we've been trying to make sure that we understand what our employees need or you know, what they're thinking um, and uh, ensuring that we have this survey mechanism that's weekly or daily or, you know, whatever frequency we need to have. Um, a lot of our clients have been rolling out something similar. So, um, and, and usually it's not a long survey. It's just maybe one question, two questions. Um, are you interested in this? Do you need that? Um, oh, we have the poll results. So that kind of um, 
speaks to what I'm saying as well, but um, <laughs> just making sure that we're checking in and then adjusting our strategy according to, to what the feedback is that we're getting from people. Um, I'd say the second thing that I'm seeing a ton of is really trying to understand um, the space. Uh, so I've seen a lot of clients implementing hoteling solutions. Um, and I've seen a lot of clients trying to um, implement solutions that help them with occupancy and, and tracking um, how many people are coming into the office, how are they using the office, um, how should we be redesigning the office in order to accommodate uh, this change in behavior. Um, I, can I, Bridget, I'll, I'll add on to that in terms of what I think we were amazed about when everyone went home was how people were able to continue to work and that the technology was working, but it was clumsy, at least in our company. We actually did not, everyone did not have laptops. Um, we are a content company. So there are people who do a lot of graphics, a lot of create content creation. They were, they were getting it done, but we very quickly had to establish how to get equipment out to people, how to permit them to be successful at home. And I think that was kind of the initial focus. Um, Zoom, of course, became the go-to for everyone or teams. Um, we had been really a blue jean company, um, but we really have, I think, really latched onto Zoom as our main. And I know some companies are concerned about security and things like that, but our IT folks feel that it, it has worked for us. And I think where we've moved to is focused on not only employee experience personally and the well-being. So we offer, like we did when you were in the office, classes, you know, meditation, yoga, um, you know, support for childcare, parent, elderly parents, all those types of things, all virtual. Um, but as well, I'd say we focused on four main solutions. Um, and it, what's interesting, it's not just for remote, but when we go back, we are gonna go back in a hybrid workforce. Um, workplace strategy, but we are shifting to laptops so that those who didn't have them were rolling out laptops for everyone. Virtual phone, um, we still have desktop phones. Lots of people do have cell phones. Not everyone did. Everyone will have cell phones. We'll probably use something like Zoom call when you get back into the office. Um, really focused on paperless um, workplace because of digital files. So we're really um, creating a document retention uh, program so that you know, it's one of our challenges for return to office because there's so much paper in the office today and how do we move to an agile workplace with all that paper. And then of course, training and support, which will also be all virtual. And by the way, not only now while you're working from home, but we believe when we do return to office, that will continue. All of those still will be technology um, platforms delivered to folks. I can jump in next. Go ahead. So from the landlord uh, perspective, um, given the ongoing sensitivity to COVID, um, we're seeing that our customers need access to real-time information around um, building protocol. So, so when we're on site, um, what we did with um, Zoe is we implemented a new building section with new methods for push notifications and alerts around important updates um, to really centralize and streamline uh, you know, communication delivery uh, to our customers. So this could include content around common area safety practices, information on bike stops and food delivery, new cleaning measures, um, and general recommendations for our customers. Um, we also built out a return to advisory services team 
and established a case study where we're sharing recommendations on office preparations, all the technology and tools um, for returning to the workplace, as well as employee and HR policies based on our own experience with uh, returning to the office and navigating the pandemic. Um, so since June, we've had over 70% of our employees back to the office. Um, we have experience and best practices to share, and we do that as part of our Zoe for Business corporate services. So um, this case study can include anything from supplier and product recommendations to social distancing signage, new HR policies, um, how, you know, we'll, we'll walk through our client spaces and provide recommendations on space layout of the hallways, the conference rooms. Um, so, you know, really providing a, a consultative approach um, and, and sharing technologies and tools that we've vetted ourselves. Um, as part of the Zoe for Business uh, program, um, we're launching all, we've launched all sorts of uh, services such as like childcare, transportation solutions, um, meeting support and more. Um, again, many of these services have been implemented um, by Tishman Spire. We've done the due diligence process um, through our IT and our legal team. So really alleviating that from our customers. Um, and, and all of these offerings uh, have a preferential sort of rate or unique access level for the companies that we work with that they wouldn't be able to access if they went direct to the vendor. And we, we enable all of these solutions through our technology. Wonderful, thank you very much, Tanaz. So I'd like to understand um, how are your, uh, how do you communicate with each other to support the occupiers, right? Because there are many technologies out there in the marketplace that are being developed and we wanna make sure that, you know, it's not going to be redundant. Uh, with technology, with, with others that might overlap. So the idea here is like, we'd like to have a conversation around the intersection between the landlord and the tenant technologies. And one example that I can think of right away is around the elevator's use. So if the landlord develops an app that will be around the elevator use and you know trying to monitor people's flow, and then the landlord works with a technology company or whatever, whomever else, or has their own app developed, how are those two apps going to talk to each other for the flow and so it is not completely chaotic as people return to work? You know, I, I, I'll, I'll weigh in a little bit, at least early on, um, and, and, and we have a mixture of properties that we basically fully occupy and own versus we are tenants, so there is kind of a mixture. Um, we're a large enough company that we generally um, have our own internal apps, but we work very closely with our landlords. I know initially when everyone left in over April, May, June, when people thought people might start to come back, there had to be social distancing and folks were trying to figure out, okay, we, we're a multi, in a multi-tenant building. We, it's, it's gonna be hard enough to imagine um, uh, manage our own employee base, never mind coordinating with all the tenants in the building. And so we started talking to our landlords and brought uh, representatives from the other tenants together. And it was great because, you know, we'd been living in these buildings together for years. And it was really the first time that the tenants came together 
to talk with the landlord in the room. And really, you know, what was, it was a village. It was really trying to come up with sharing. Obviously there are certain systems that because of security walls and firewalls, you know, we won't allow to go directly from a landlord to into our, directly to our user groups for systems, but there are others that, that, that would. And so a lot of those really had more to do with the entry, but, you know, knowing that we were coordinating security in terms of like elevators, if you're in, in cities that have high rise elevators, um, uh, scheduling, if you had garages, I mean, a lot of this hasn't come to be because we haven't returned to office. And in, in our case, we're less than 10%. Um, we are focused on production and getting productions back to work, but that tends to be in a studio lot or on location somewhere. So rather than in our office buildings, um, we did do election coverage. CBS News did election coverage at our headquarters at 1515. We actually did daily testing and we worked with our landlord um, because we needed, you know, one of the things you realize very quickly, it's not good enough just to have your employees. You had to have security, cleaners, food service, anyone else who was working in that building also be part of that social contract and you know testing contact tracing whatever it needs to be so tanas i don't know if you have um more insight because you work day to day with you know lots of different tenants how, how did they come together in your buildings you're on mute yeah <clears throat> sorry about that um so the way that we look at it is we've implemented policies and procedures for our own employees, and we don't want to exactly dictate what the companies in our buildings are doing around their own sort of policies and procedures with contact tracing or testing. Um, but we share recommendations based on the due diligence that we've done and what we're seeing is working. Um, so that's one. Uh, second, with our app, we're able to customize certain features for the companies that we work with. And in general, we have very strong relationships for, with our tenants. So we're able to work with them to post custom information around their safety measures and protocols, um, around food services that they prefer that their employees implement. So we're able to create a customized approach um, for delivering these services and communication tools and employee uh, and important building protocols. The only thing I'd, I'd add on to that, um, just from what we've seen be successful and not be successful, <clears throat> I think, um, you know, as companies start to think about what they want to start to measure and what apps they want to use, um, trying to have one app that can, you know, facilitate all of those different components is really important. You don't want people to have to check in here, contact tracing there, hoteling over here, um, you know, and, 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 you know, go between five or six different apps you know, order lunch, order the elevator, you know, order the garage spot. It, it, it needs to be in one holistic um, experience. So I, I think, you know, of the companies that are going back in the next few months or so, they've really been trying to um, keep that as a um, prime directive and, and have that be um, a holistic experience for employees. You know, Catherine, I think I'll jump in on that only because we've, we are talking, you know, it's so funny we always have these kind of parallel conversations. Near term, are we going back? What would we do post COVID? What are we doing? You know, near term, we're kind of like, you can't use meeting rooms, but then we're looking at, uh, you know, what are our floor plates and how are people gonna use the space? They're gonna really use meeting rooms when they finally come back because they're really gonna come to the office to be collaborative. So it's a little schizo in some ways because we're having 
these kind of different conversations, but we're, we are thinking about the kind of near-term, interim-term, I guess I would call it, as well as the long-term. And the long-term is really kind of what excites us because it's the kind of thing around, where are the opportunities to, to what is going to make people um, feel supported and successful and productive and healthy and, and health and safety as well when they come back into the office. And so the kinds of things that we're looking at is not only the technology, and as you said, like not having a million apps, absolutely. Um, we already have the capability in our turnstiles, but we never really used them to have the HID, you know, Bluetooth. Um, so we could have touchless when people come in, they can go through the turnstiles as long as they have their card on them, their badge on them, they don't have to touch it and pull it out, touch it. Um, a lot of those kinds of things in terms of touchless devices for our bathrooms or pantries, just really double checking um, where we can um, implement all of those kinds of things. Um, we're studying you know, sensors for meeting rooms so that yes, we're gonna, we have scheduling for meeting rooms. We're gonna roll it out um, more broadly for desks. We do hear feedback. Some people say, just don't spend a lot of money on those systems because in six months people don't use them, but you have to have them. You know, we're a company that I call it, we went catastrophic remote. We probably had 2% unofficial remote and now we're hundred percent and then we're gonna go to a hybrid. So we think scheduling might be important. Um, you know, things like our BMS system, making sure, continuing to make sure or looking around the ability to manage, you know, the air changes, more fresh air, but if you have too much fresh air, it's hard to control the temperature. So really activating to a higher level. Um, I'm not sure that we're gonna go to UV and the ducts and things like that. And a lot of the um, polarization stuff that they use in the hospitals, but we have a lot of edit rooms and control rooms in very small spaces. So we have a lot of portable, um, devices like that. And so we're kind of studying across the board and where we can use technology to help support all those kind of solutions. To jump in on what Ellen just mentioned. So at Tishman Spire, we did implement sensors in our corporate bathrooms to understand occupancy. And now we're, we're starting to implement them in our amenity and lounge spaces. Um, this information around density and occupancy will eventually feed into our Zoe app so it'll allow our customers to understand, you know, how many people are in the space, whether or not they can come in and eat lunch, sit outside, have a meeting in these spaces. Um, and while this was a result of the pandemic, we think that this is great investment as part of our overall hospitality approach um, and, and creating a more, you know, seamless work environment, a more productive work environment for our customers. Yeah. And I, I think, um, Ellen, what you were saying, and Tanaz, what I love about the Zoe solution is that I, I think we have an opportunity to provide a really unique employee experience going forward. And we may not have, you know, pre-pandemic, we might not have been thinking about the employee so much and their experience so much. And now, um, now we're able to do it right. What's, what's cool about what Tanaz has been talking about is that it seems very um, seamless between being in the office and then being home so that an employee will have a very similar and um, very positive experience in both uh, situations. So um, I think that's I think that's very important as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, one example of that uh, through Zoe, we uh, had a have all sorts of uh, live classes, and we had a DJ on our roof this summer, socially distant event uh, in person, but we streamed it live at home so that those people at home could also access it. So we're really trying to create opportunities and experiences for everyone. Um, whether they're in the office or at home. 
Look, I think what's been amazing, and I, you know, I'm hoping other companies, other of you and your companies are experiencing the same thing. First of all, you know, our, our CEO is talking on Wall Street calls about, you know, remote work and agile workplace and all this terminology, which is just amazing. And cross-functionally, our IT, our HR, our organizational development teams, um, you know, our real estate facilities, like we are really working really closely together around employee experience, um, you know, collaboration tools, um, and basically being frictionless, you know, so whether, as Catherine said, whether you're working from home or you're in the office or you're traveling, this is the new view of how we're all going to be working on any given day. And so what are those tools that everyone needs, including tools for well-being? Mm -hmm. And um, we're talking a lot about that. I think by the end of last year, everybody was just so exhausted. And we have now engagement rules that we're asking managers to really abide by, like maybe just, you know, Friday is a no Zoom call day or, um, you know, put getting people to truly get breaks and it's okay to have breaks. And, um, you know, you don't, whether it's the lunch, you're going to take a walk or whatever you need to do. So your day isn't every single day, you know, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And yeah, from our perspective, uh, when we meet with customers over the last year, uh, we're seeing that employee engagement and culture is a big pain point right now with remote working. And our clients are looking to us to provide solutions. So what we've done is we have curated corporate programs through our Zoe partners. Um, so these are fitness programs, educational programs that we offer now as a service through our Zoe for Business platform. So this can be anything from fitness classes, boot camp, yoga, meditation to educational workshops around understanding unconscious bias, um, leadership and productivity, you know, mental health support, um, and in activities. So we have dancing and cooking classes, trivia, tarot reading classes. So all of this has been um, requested by our customers, and it's you know great that we can be that you know provider of that service now to them. Um, an example of how a, com a company utilizes these services, we had a large global client. Um, they noticed that several of their employees were engaging with our daily fitness classes. So they look to us to um, power their yearly, they have a yearly um, program, a month focused on wellness and health. And they look to us to power that for their entire global employee network. Um, and for HR leaders, you know, when we're speaking with HR leaders, especially now more than ever, they're looking for implementing benefits and services that not just only benefit those employees in our Tishman Spire building, but their employees elsewhere. And through Zoe for Business and these services that we provide, we're allowing them to do just that. We're allowing them to, you know, provide our resources for everyone, not just the buildings that they occupy. You know, I think when you're not, I think it's amazing that a large company, which is great to do that. I think, you know, we, we are a large company and we do the same that Zoe is doing. We have, you know, the infrastructure to do that. And I think it's really important, whether you're large or small, to have, you know, out, outreach to the resources, like whether it's a Zoe or other kinds of opportunities that you could use that. Because I do think, though, it needs to come from the company to its own employees, because then you're given permission to participate, you know, you're not just saying, oh, go, go search it out. But we, so we have constant reminders about 
um, you know, we have the cooking classes, we have the exercise classes, meditation, we have, you know, just employee resources. If you're really feeling like your head is about to explode, um, <clears throat> we have financial programs for, you know, people can get guidance and things like that. So I think that regardless whether you're large or small and how you get those kind of resources in, it's so important um, to be able to, to do that. Um, I, I do know, and I don't know um, if, um, <clears throat> Uh, Calandra, can, she's on the call, could talk to this a little bit because, um, you know, the, the question I've seen around apps and how we use apps or where we get apps and how do we, you know, Catherine, do it holistically because I don't know myself of any one app that's out there. As I mentioned, our health questionnaire came as a result of um, we had on our Paramount lot they, they created an internal one and now we're rolling out company-wide. So we are building our own app and we're hoping to add um, some access badging to that. So let's say you take that questionnaire and you answer yes, which means you've had contact with somebody with COVID or you have it or what have you, your badge gets um, turned off basically, you know, so that there's a, a, a step that happens after that that doesn't require just another manual call or something like that. So we're trying to grow that, but yes, we would love to be able to, and we are researching it for reservation, um, desk sharing. Um, do I, you know, I forgot my equipment today. We are trying to have an uh, increased version, I should say, or expanded version of a genius bar, but virtual. So much what we're doing now is, even though we used to have some of these things on site, everybody is talking about creating them as virtual uh, resources, training, genius bar, um, you know, reserving of stuff, trying to find out, you know, you know our, what, one of the things we talk about is, because we're in a lot of major cities where traffic is an issue or commuting, you know, nobody wants somebody to come in the office and then not have a place to sit. So getting information out early on um, before people come in the morning is really key. Thank you very much, Ellen. Um, wonderful. So I guess we're going to now launch um, our poll number two, which is, do you feel like you have your return to the office strategy in hand or do you plan to hire a consultant? Yes, we have a plan or no, we need outside help. So we're going to give it a minute. The answer is, all right. So and. Till we get the answer, <laughs> maybe we can, oh, here you go, wonderful. So yes, 82% of people are saying that they have a plan. So everybody has had a lot of time to just uh, work on the, on uh, moving forward there. Great, wonderful. So um, as such, I'll ask uh, you know, all of you, and by the way, before I ask the next question, Tanas, please put all of us on the Zoom call to your next party's uh, rooftop party. Uh, we'd love to be on the guest list. <laughs> I think we're all, we're all craving social contacts at this point. <laughs> um, uh, how are your technologies supporting real-time employee success and inclusion at home today? And uh, how are you preparing for the hybrid way uh, they will be working in the future? So can you help us answer this? Um, I, I could start with that. Um, so the collaboration collaboration tools that our um, IT folks really have researched and decided really over this time have become the path that we'll continue with. Um, 
to enable all employees to really communicate, collaborate, um, you know, and coordinate with each other, whether you're working from home or you're in the office or what have you. So there, um, Slack, which um, we're growing and using and trying to be as a kind of informal, um, you know, and very accessible and secure way of folks to communicate both on a individual level, um, group level, team level, department level, whatever it is, um, it, it, it's very scalable. Um, Office 365, we've had it. People just are not really using it to its capability. Permitting people not to have to do all this emailing back and forth. You can co-author, you can share, you can really um, securely file documents and um, without having to save stuff on your local drive, which is what our IT folks are trying to not have everybody at home on their laptop saving stuff like that. Um, obviously, the digitizing of files and sharing of that. And then Zoom, and we're, as I mentioned earlier, we're really expanding our use of Zoom. Um, we're gonna use Zoom calls and get rid of landlines and things like that. Um, and then the training and support for all of that has to be robust because, um, and, and constant. We've, we've realized that um, you know, a lot of people don't use the full capability of a lot of these uh, programs. So that's just the beginning of some of the um, technology uh, programs that we're going to be using. I, I'd also say, um, I, I think one of the gaps that a lot of our clients are seeing is um, the ability of, of some of their managers to lead in this virtual environment. It's very different, right? And, and I think for some people, um, you know, if you're, you know, if you were hired during the pandemic, you might feel a little bit lost in your organization. You might not know um, or had the ability to create a mentor relationship with someone just yet. Um, and there are, you know, um, Brigitte, you mentioned inclusion. So there are pockets within, um, you know, within our population that are being a bit more hard hit uh, in, in some of those areas. So definitely uh, new hires, some of our younger staff. Um, and then also um, a lot of our working parents were really, um, you know, felt as though they couldn't find the time to juggle uh, taking care of kids, doing their job, and then trying to do networking and all this other stuff on top of all that, that, that seemed a little, um, you know, uh, unattainable. Um, so, I mean, it, it's my job to test out a lot of this technology. Um, I, I will say one tool that, um, that I tested out that I thought was pretty good was called the Forum. Um, and it, uh, it enabled you to um, have access to boot camps, and it really, um, you know, it reminds you every single day almost, um, hey, have you reached out to this person? Have you reached out to that person? Invest 15 minutes to, to check in with, um, with so-and-so. And it really kind of becomes, it, indoct it indoctrinates you into, um, you know, the culture of networking and investing in yourself. Um, so I would, I, I would, you know, recommend um, tools like that to help people uh, learn how to lead and how to work remotely and still have ownership of their own careers. I'll jump in um, on the childcare point. So we at Tishman Spire implemented an employer subsidized um, childcare resource where uh, teachers and caregivers can go into um, our employees' homes and take care of the kids. This frees up our parents to either work more productively at home or return back to the office. Um, we extended this offering uh, through our childcare uh, partner called Vivi to um, as a Zoe for business service. So 
all of our uh, companies across the country can access this service now that's been fully vetted by our team and utilized um, for their own employees to help encourage that transition back or balancing. Um, we also have a co-working platform called Studio. Um, as part of Studio, we are creating what we call Studio Gather Spaces. So these are conference centers. Um, we have one at Rockefeller Center. It's a you know, truly you know, beautiful, elevated space with um, all sorts of IT solutions. And right now we're really focused on creating solutions for hybrid meetings. So those that wanna come in, those in the office and those virtually to connect and have a seamless meeting together. I would add to that, we're doing a lot of talk discussion about that because the fear is you're gonna be a conference room full of people and you don't even, you know, with it, with a, everyone with their laptop on a Zoom call and people looking around going, this kind of seems silly, right? That we're, be, but you wanna be Zoom friendly or, you know, knowing that you don't know who's going to be physically in the room but you want to make everyone feel in the room. So I think there is a lot of uh, work and research to try to figure out. I know companies previously, that's automatic. You walk in a room and the blue jeans or the teams or, you know, Zoom is on. But it doesn't mean that people who are physically not in the space felt really uh, fully a part of the meeting. So, you know, what does that mean for room design and, you know, are, is a long conference table still going to work? Um, we're, we're all, I think a lot of people are exploring it and I would um, be great to hear if anybody has found the solution. I haven't found the solution, but I will say that um, some of the companies that I work with that are, um, that have been focusing on this for, for a little while have been looking more into um, how to use features like holograms and um, virtual reality as to as to you know bridge that gap between working um, in the office and, and working uh, from home and I mean I, I won't go I won't geek out on that too much right now but um, it, it is pretty cool it can really make you feel as though you're all in the same room um, which is you know what you're trying to achieve so wonderful thank you ladies so the um Within Coronet Global and even at Space Metrics with our clients, we speak a lot about the collaboration of IT, HR, legal, and now even EHS with real estate, right, to uh, develop and implement um, workplace strategies. So we'd love to understand how, not only on the occupier side, but also on the service provider side or advisory side, how do you, um, how is everyone collaborating now? to uh, between those different uh, groups to uh, to implement to develop and implement those uh, those tra those technology strategies yeah um, I, I think it's it's kind of an interesting dance you know um, as Ellen mentioned in in the beginning in March um, I think a lot of uh, our landlord clients and our occupier clients were kind of trying to figure out who's responsible for what um, then there were you know issues such as um, like if you implement contact tracing a landlord may have a building that has 10 different contact tracing apps going on at the same time um, is that desirable um, for some landlords yes because they didn't want to have that data um, for other landlords, uh, no, they preferred to have, um, you know, one tool where it was a more, um, you know, uh, holistic oversight of, of the contact tracing process. Um, so I think, you know, different landlords have approached it differently. Um, 
and I'm sure Tanaz can talk uh, a, a lot about that. Um, I, I do think though, as Ellen mentioned, that um, in situations where the occupiers um, occupy enough of the space where they can kind of um, have a, a stronger uh, voice at the table, um, you know, they've been able to drive some of those uh, conversations. What I've seen most frequently is that the landlord will have um, different apps or different solutions uh, kind of in a menu that they that they recommend. And then it's um, the occupier's choice which ones they'd like to, um, to take on or implement. Um, and I think that kind of, uh, it's a good dynamic because as Tanaz was saying, you don't want to dictate that you have to do contact tracing. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that if you do want to do it, here's here's some vetted options that we would recommend. Yeah, Catherine is right. Um, as part of, we, we launched So for Business to address just that is we provide a menu of services um, and different options. And we allow the companies to really you know, decide for themselves, you know, what they want to do within their own space for their own employees and the benefits that we implement. But several of the services were designed based on the due diligence that we did do across our HR teams, our IT teams, and our legal teams. And, you know, our internal teams reached out to us, the Zoe team, very early on um, to work with service providers that we recommended um, as well. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of coordination um, was done. Um, I guess I'll just go back to your um, question, and I did mention it around the collaboration and cross-functional collaboration between HR and IT and legal. And as I said, um, I've never seen it uh, at this level ever, and I've been in this business a very, a very long time, and we've always often been, you know, trying to drag those, those folks and partners to deal with real estate and facility issues. But I think the nature of um, what's just you know, happened in this last year has really um, required it. And it's really been honestly very rewarding. And I've learned a lot. I think that for instance, when um, someone uh, tests positive and they've been in an office, even if it was five days earlier, two days earlier, what have you, HR actually, um, we get notified. We don't get notified of who the person was unless it's like someone on our per personal team. So there's a privacy issue that is respected, but the HR person um, investigates, talks to the person, mostly for contact tracing. We're not using an app at this point. We're not using sensors. Um, we do have people when they are coming into our buildings. Um, generally, we know where they are. We've asked them in some cases um, to stay in a particular pod or zone. Um, for that reason, you know, we're doing broadcast news and other kinds of things. So we have people in every single day versus somebody who comes in once a week or twice a week. But we also say, don't wander around, don't go to different floors, you know, we, and then if someone tests positive, there is an, uh, a call that happens to track who, and, you know, that relies on somebody remembering. So, um, but, you know, we are not at the level, because I mentioned we're only at 10% occupancy. It's, it's, it's very small. Um, at the same time, um, we, as, as IT researches and um, believes they've got expanded tools, like I mentioned, they've really focused on the Office 365 and the Slack and the Zoom, they're really working on rolling out um, the training and the support to get people to really utilize them. And this is really for kind of just, you know, being successful and productive. Um, and so uh, legal obviously deals with, you know, I'm sure a lot of our companies are talking about vaccination and what we're going to do. And, you know, 
are we, are companies going to require it? Are planes going to require it when you travel? You know, what are, and what will technology be able to do? You know, right now with our health questionnaire, basically if you answer no to all the questions, you get a, a green dot or square. And basically you walk into a building and you share that, you know, one, you have to have your name on the approved list to go into the building, but every single day you have to show, um, that is an honor system. You answered the question, you know, nobody gave you an actual test. Um, we do in our larger locations, there are the thermal scanners, you know, how much is temperature? It's, it's a, it's a factor, but many people, as we know, are asymptomatic. So the, the thermal scanning is, you know, there, but it's not the means, you know, and going to, and going to solve everything. Thank you very much, Ellen. And I think we're going to now launch our third poll, which is based on today's discussion with landlords and tenants, um, having place for return uh, to the office. Do you see yourself going back now in six months, in a year as a hybrid flex plan, meaning home office orders or never going back to the office? And as we're waiting for the answer, maybe we can start uh, just with the uh, Q&A section uh, and then start with the first question that we received from the audience, which is, um, what are your thoughts for, oh, here you go, sorry, getting the, uh, the poll results and everybody, yeah, everybody agrees on the fact that it's going to be, well, it will be a hybrid flex plan, right? We're never going to go back to uh, how it was before but um, it's going to be a hybrid of home, office, and others. Thank you, everybody. Great. So going back to our questions, the first question we got was, um, what are your thoughts for office spaces where people need to gather for meetings, conference rooms, boardrooms, and multi-purpose spaces for town halls? This was asked by Tom Lynch. Any answer to this? Well, Maybe because I want it to happen, but I believe it will happen. Um, I think it's just a question of, of, of when and how and what the interim steps will be to make people feel comfortable um, in those rooms again. Um, and then we talked briefly about the key part will be how technology will support meetings going forward because there will always not be people in the, those rooms who are part of the meeting. Wonderful. Thank you, Ellen. So can the speakers share what occupancy sensors, apps, or space reservation system services you may be using in addition to Zoe? Or have you used successfully in any pain points with, yes, with using them? Um, well, with Zoe, we do have uh, sort of density um, solutions because we require um, our members to check in with a QR code when they're going into specific spaces. Uh, so that's one example. And we do allow um, people to book conference spaces and in our uh, shared conference centers within the app. Um, and then we have our own solutions internally. But as far as like we're sharing with our customers, like Zoe is a tool that allows them to do just that. Hey, I would um, also add, I, I think a lot of the um, IWMS solutions, the integrated workplace management systems, um, have done a really nice job of packaging up um, return to workplace 
modules or, or solutions um, because they were already capturing the density information. They were already capturing the space information, facilities management. Now they just had to capture hoteling and check-in and contact tracing, right? So those were like additions to those platforms. So um, ones that I've seen that have done that well, um, uh, Trimble Manhattan has a nice return to work um, solution. Um, which, uh, if you haven't seen a demo, that might be a good a good option. Um, and then there are a few others that that I've seen. Um, happy to talk about those as well. Uh, actually, uh, to jump back in, we do have a service provider through Zofer Business that has a comprehensive health monitoring solution that we share with our companies. Um, this includes a technology dashboard that allows HR people to see the health status of employees. Um, and as part of the solution, it has telehealth visits with doctors and at-home COVID tests. So um, this is an example of, of uh, service that we're offering to help mitigate that risk in the workplace for our companies. Thank you very much, Tanas. We got a question from Michael McNamara just asking, how are your companies assisting work from home in terms of the last mile, meaning providing high-speed internet setup in home, IT configurations, et cetera? So um, we are, initially, it was really a focus on technology and making sure that people had um, the, the computer screens, the headphones, the keyboards, the monitors, things like that. Um, some people who have specialty equipment, we actually allowed them, uh, we shipped their equipment to their house, but generally the decision was it was not gonna come from the office. Um, we, if people didn't have laptops, we sent them laptops. There's a catalog that was created from our IT group that you can go online um, over a certain price. You have to get approval by a certain level, but basically anybody gets the technology they need to support them at home and it goes to a, a company cost center. Um, in terms of internet, we um, except where it's um, regulated. So in California right now, I think it's like you have to pay an employee $40 a month towards um, their internet. That's just during the COVID pandemic. I think that's the only state internationally. There are a lot more requirements country by country um, of how that gets regulated, including home office setups and things like that. Um, in terms of home office setups right now, we really base it on ergonomic issues. And we actually always had a pretty uh, robust ergonomic program when we were in the office and we actually transferred that to a virtual um, ergonomic assessment. So people have to get assessed, they have to, um, in some cases, it's just an adjustment. I mean, it is, you know, pretty shocking how many people are working on folding chairs and uh, folding tables and dining tables. And, you know, nobody thought this was going on for as long as it was going on, but um, we're trying to address that. But, um, and we also, have, have not done, I know some companies have done a home office allowance. Um, as we roll out a remote workplace strategy, we're talking about what that would be. You know, some companies I understand, I mean, they're not usually enough to provide someone with a whole office setup, but you know, it's kind of like, is it for a particular item or can you go buy M&Ms, you know, to make you happy? So I think every company is kind of coming up with their own program around that, but that's kind of where we are. Yeah. yeah. Go, ahead. Wonderful. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, ladies. Go ahead. 
I, well, I, I was just going to say quickly that I think it's also, you know, there's the getting through the pandemic and then there's the post pandemic. Um, and I think a lot of companies are starting to think through what do I want to grow up to be post pandemic? Like, do I want to have um, a good amount of my workforce working remotely post pandemic? And if you do, then you need to look at, um, you know, what are the different roles? What are the different um, activities that those roles do? And what type of technology do they need to support them? As Ellen was saying, for the people that have, you know, that are working um, uh, with media, they're gonna need higher bandwidth um, and you have to provide that if they're gonna be working from home. So um, we've been helping clients with doing that assessment of each of the different roles. What are they gonna need basically? And that does remind me, we do pay for additional bandwidth if your role requires it. We don't, um, but we don't have a general, everyone gets paid for their internet, which they pretty much all have anyway, but, um, but maybe not the bandwidth they need. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Ellen. So one last quick question. I guess uh, Zoe was very intriguing to many people. And Tanaz, um, Karen from Verizon was asking if you could share lessons learned. From, from Zoe? From Zoe, yes. Um, I think employee engagement, you know, is, is key. Uh, we're see a lot of the requests that we get are around like, how can we help support our employees um, in, at home or in the office and now more than ever. So I think that, you know, moving into this post pandemic world, obviously, you know, employee, um, engagement or retention has always been important, but I think that'll be ever more important, especially as we create workspaces that people feel more comfortable to come back to. So I think that amenities, services, programs focused on employees um, will be more important than ever. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, everybody. I think this concludes our event. We're now at 12.59 and we know everybody needs to go back to working. So it was a pleasure to have you all. Thank you very much to everyone and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank Bye. You. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Bridget. You're welcome. Bye.